nervous. How nervous are you? Ten out of ten, maximum nervous. What? Why are you nervous? Dude, you're a pro. I know, but my acting days are long gone. Oh my gosh. I'm not quite the superstar that I used to be. You, You'll, you will be great. Don't you worry. I peaked in high school. Yep. It's Didn't true. we all, Nathan? <laughs> Didn't we all? When I wish upon a star for that one special girl to take me on the ride to a whole new world. Under the sea of bare necessities You've got a friend of me Cause I'm fun and fancy free With you on my arm People won't know what to do Say I wanna be like you Bibbidi bobbidi boo Like Woody and Jesse And Toy Story 2 Girl I have your name written On the bottom of my shoe Hello and welcome to Mary with Mouse Ears It's episode 18 Woo! And uh, this has been a long time coming So long A long time coming But my brother Nathan Agnew is finally here to talk about his Hong Kong Disney experience. It was beautiful. The one and only. But not only Hong Kong Disney, one of the most divisive movies ever created in American cinema, Star Wars The Last Jedi, also came out last week. Yes, it did. And uh, so we are going to also be discussing Star Wars, um, but first we want to talk about Hong Kong Disney. First of all... This was your host, Michael Agnew, and I'm your other host, Sarah Agnew. Sorry. And in I'm your case, tertiary host, Nate. In ah. case this happens to be your first episode listening to this, by the way, you should go back and listen to some other episodes, because they're all fabulous. Yes. But we are a couple from Dallas, Texas, who loves Disney, and we love pop culture, and so getting to talk about movies like Star Wars is one of our greatest joys. Because Amen. it is now a Disney product and it is awesome Mm -hmm. and we're so excited to talk about a park that we've never been to today it might never go to i would say that most disney fans have probably never been to hong kong disney but nathan most disney fans in the united states yeah sure 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 sure, sure. yes but nathan a, a few summers ago had a cool opportunity to go so nathan how was it i loved it i thought it was awesome it's a little bit more low key than you would expect a disney park to be um, in what way? Expand on that. So right when you walk through the park, you have the traditional just main town USA. So you're going through and you have your cookie smell. And so what park is this though? Like, do they have multiple parks? No, they, they all have, one, have one kind of central park. Okay. And so you have to come in on the train. And the cool thing about their train system is that it's all Disney themed. So it's a it's like an actual Hong Kong city train, but it has all these like little Mickey Mouse's on it and stuff. So they start getting you kind of into the because this is Disney in a city, right? Like, yeah, I this mean, is Disney. That's well, like. It's Disney on an island outside the city. So I it's kind of secluded. More you're like you're not next Lands. to Yeah, you're not next to all the skyscrapers and stuff. This is okay. like the more jungly kind of rural area of, of Hong Kong. But so they have a transportation system they have like the, from the city. They have the fancy, like you get on this big train station, all this big beautiful Disney stuff, and then you get into the train and all everything's all Mickey Mouse themed, and then you walk through and there's this little garden section right outside, and it kind of looks like a traditional kind of uh, Walt Disney World. You know, you're walking into Magic Kingdom. Is that like a good picture-taking spot? Yeah, it's a great picture-taking spot. They have, like, some little garden areas there, um, different, like, shrubs that are shaped like different Mickey Mouse characters and stuff like that. So you take your pictures there, then you get into the park, 
And that's when you get to the main street. And the main street looks kind of normal. So you have your cookie smell. You have all of the little, like, American-themed, like... Uh, like it pe- looks like a main street, Yeah, USA, like the little right? people wearing the straw hats and, like, mm-hmm. singing, like, barbershop songs and things like that. One more question. Yes. Did... Were the turnstiles the same? Like Yes. Everything looks exactly the same. Okay. And when you're walking into the park, they have the wristband system. They They're, do? They yes, have they the bands? Yes, they do have the wristband system. Wow. Because um, Disneyland doesn't have that. At least I remember the, the, yeah, the bands sure. happening. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Magic bands, yeah. So, Question. Yes. Are most of the workers at Hong Kong Disney natives from Hong Kong? It's kind of 50-50. Um, okay. So we actually had a friend there that was the head of PR. So he was the one that actually let us in the park. So I didn't even have to pay. Whoa. So that was a pretty cool thing. So he's Mind a, blown. He's a guy, I believe he's Can from... Can he get the hookup when we travel there? Maybe. <laughs> Um, but he's a guy from... You can from spend two grand on a just ticket. Just to get there. But the $100 yeah. ticket to get into to the, right. the park, we're Their we're tickets covered. are actually a little bit cheaper than most of the other Disney parks. Oh, wild. Um, because their attendance had been down for the last few years, and so they kind of adjusted prices accordingly, and that actually brought their uh, visitation up a little bit. Wow. So they successfully lowered the prices and got more business because of it. But yeah, so the guy that I met there was the PR guy. He was just an English-speaking guy, went to American University, white guy. Um, so kind of just normal guy from Georgia. Uh, so he just, his dad worked in the city as well and he grew up there. And so he just decided he grew he, up there. Yeah. He grew up there. And so he decided he wanted to go back and work in PR at, uh, at Hong Kong Disney. So he led us into the park and That's it was so cool. absolutely fantastic. From the time that you walk in, you can see that everything's a little bit more low key because they're doing things in less amount of space because space is a huge concern there. So you're not having to walk huge distances to go to places. Huh. And so the transition is really weird when you get out of Main Street USA. Do they still kind of have like a hub and spoke like method? Like it is the the hub and spoke. So they have a castle, right? Yeah. That's where it gets kind of messy looking because uh-huh. um, you, you walk out through the main street and you get to the little center section where the castle is and it spokes off in all these little different areas, but it looks weird. Like Disney kind of has the whole thing of you don't see cowboys in, uh, in tomorrow. Right. And they don't, necessarily follow that because the park is so small huh. you'll see they might have to break some rules you'll see a little bit more mixing between the lands hmm. than you will in other places okay. um i would say that most of the effort at the park is put into the rides themselves yeah rather than the aesthetics of the park and i don't want it to make it sound like the, the park is ugly but right. it's just that it's a different culture and their ideas are different so when they go they just want to see super awesome rides they want to see sure. things that are incredibly immersive. So their rides, things that we, we wouldn't all? even think of, like their version of Haunted Mansion is ten times better than oh ours. Oh, my God. Okay. Their version of the of the River Cruise is ten times better than ours. Um, but the atmosphere of the park is totally different than you would expect. Okay. Um, so what makes Haunted Mansion different than Disney World's? So Chinese culture isn't about ghosts and goblins and zombies and they don't do that it's very very taboo um just because they do some sort of ancestor worship kind of things and so because of that they don't want to have the idea so is mystic manor is that what so mystic manor is 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 what their thing is because they don't like the word haunted they don't like ghosts they don't like anything to do wild yeah because it messes with some of the um some of the religious sensitivities of the people in the area Okay. So they made it all like a mad scientist explorer kind of guy. Almost imagine like the old man from Atlantis. 
if you remember that. If you remember the Atlantis movie. Oh, okay, sure. The movie. The old eccentric man yeah. that like hired whatever his name to go to Atlantis. Just yeah. the old eccentric man like that. What a crazy uh, mm-hmm. comparison you just made. Yeah. But and so right. you're yeah. walking, so the whole line, you're walking through this eccentric old man's house. Yeah. And so you're walking by suits of armor. So you walk, not sit on a ride? No, so it's the line going to in. To get there. Because all the lines there are super long because they There's just try to pack lot. as many people yeah. into these rides as they possibly can. Okay. So the lines and the queues at these rides are almost as interesting as the ride itself. Okay. So all yeah. of the lines are super, super decorative. So in for Mystic Manor, you're walking through and you're seeing suits of armor, you're seeing old Roman statues, you're seeing all of these little jewels and little things. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the man had the tesseract inside of his uh, yeah. closet somewhere. Yeah. Like, it's obvious that he's a big collector man, and he has this pet monkey. And so all throughout the line, going into the ride, you see this pet monkey pop up and do all these little funny things. As, like, a projection thing? Yes. Okay. So, kind of. So then you, you kind of get the feel that, okay, it's an old man with a pet monkey. A pet monkey does all these things. Yeah. So then you get into the ride, and it's basically like you're going to go on an exploration. And so then the pet monkey is there. He's cute and adorable. He's more adorable than Aladdin's monkey, actually. He's super adorable. Whoa. Yes. There is a rival to Abu? Yes. Okay. He's super adorable. Hong Kong Abu? Hong Kong Abu. Hong Kong Abu. Hong Kong Abu. So, yeah, right. so Hong Kong Babu, um, <laughs> he ends up opening what is their equivalent of like Pandora's box. And so when he opens up Pandora's box, it's full on night at the museum and the entire house comes alive. Yeah. And so instead of it being like a, the house is full of ghosts and goblins, it's that the house itself has come alive. And so you see pianos flying around, and you see instruments playing, kind of the general idea of Haunted Mansion, but without all the creepiness. Yo, that's wild. So there's not like a single ghost, mm-hmm. right? There's not a single ghost. And so... So it's like Night of the Museum in, in like a ride. In a ride, yes. Okay. And so all these crazy things are happening. Or I'm picturing like Philhar Magic, where like all the yes. flutes come alive. And yes, exactly. And... Honestly, it is super intense, and the time and the effort that they put into the digital projection aspects of the ride are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. So there's scenes with, like, the little robotic monkey, and it kind of looks like your typical Splash Mountain kind of little robotic monkey. But then there's times when there's, like, these beautiful projections where, like, light is just spewing out of the Pandora's box, and it's Mm. just going around the room, and you see the little monkey jumping on top of stuff and doing all these really crazy things. It's honestly a gorgeous ride. So what was the ride vehicle system like? Um, basically the same as okay. any other So like a slow-moving kind of It was a slow-moving car. car, yeah. Okay. And it looks basically the same as Haunted Mansion. Kind of so, like a dune buggy. Mm-hmm. So you go in, and you feel like you're in a dune buggy. You feel like you're going through the Haunted Mansion, except for it's... The storyline It's totally low-key creepy instead of high-key creepy. Okay. Question, is the ride in English... Yes, most of the rides there really? are in English. Oh. Because they know that English is the international language. It's not like um, Paris or anything like that where you're going to get stuff in French. Yeah. Um, also because Hong Kong, their second official language is English. Hmm. So See, I heard in like Shanghai. Shanghai is mostly, is mostly Chinese. Yeah. Because that was kind of the deal that they had with the Chinese government. that They wanted that part to be for Chinese people. Hmm. But Hong Kong, they because want the international of the, travelers. Yes, because to come of in. the legal status of Hong Kong, and because it's such a huge 
tourist city and so many flights go in and out yeah. because it's one of the, like the top five international airports in the world. Mm. They just said that, you know what, we want this to be a more international park. Wow. And so you get a lot of people from the Philippines, you get a lot of people from the Middle East, you get a lot of English-speaking university um, people from China. Yeah. So mostly everyone that goes is going to speak English. Wow. Then they also have a really extensive foreign language program with the headsets. Uh-huh. So you get the headsets and basically all the rides are transported Do you think that's ears. included? Like, you have to pay extra probably for I something. honestly have no idea yeah. because I was really, really comfortable in the park. Most of the staff there speaks English you as well. You felt fine just, I like, felt, felt perfectly exploring. fine. Hong Kong in general is a very accepting city if you're an English speaker. You can go basically anywhere in the city yeah. and speak English perfectly fine. So wow. it's just a continuation of that. So... There's some struggle if you want to get, like, a funny ice cream. You're going to have to do a little bit of charades or Pictionary. But overall, it's perfectly fine. Hmm. Um, most of the um, wait, wait staff at the restaurants, when they come up to you, they'll speak English to you automatically. They're not going to send someone out to you that obviously only speaks Doesn't Cantonese. Speak yeah. Well, I feel like working at Disney, that's, like, number one skill you should probably need to have is like and all of the which is also really interesting is that all of the princesses were also american princesses so mm. all of the musical acts all of the princesses everything that they have that is a character-based thing they usually tend to have western people in those positions yeah so when you're talking to it snow looks like white your normal snow white it is going normal. to look like a normal english-speaking western snow white rather than a Chinese person fulfilling that position. Oh, that's crazy. And so the weird thing is that a lot of those princesses won't speak Chinese. Okay, yeah. And so when the Cantonese-speaking kids go up, there's obviously a little bit of Language confusion barrier, yeah. going on that they don't speak Cantonese. Oh, wild. Um, I actually kn know a guy there that his wife, I believe she was Cinderella, and he was a Dapper Dan. And okay. so they actually met there in the park, and so they went there for an internship program, and they ended up meeting while they were there, and they ended up loving Hong Kong so much they ended up staying. Do they get married? Oh, yes. So they're married now. They live in a beautiful apartment. I love um, it. I just works as a story. interior designer, and she's a teacher at the American International School there. Oh, that's cool. Really, really great people. But, but they, they met at Disney. They met at Disney. He was a Dapper I Dan, she was a princess. It. So yeah. you can say that it was that's like a wish the upon a star kind of moment. thing yeah. I've ever heard. So when you have a very small American community there, those people are definitely going to flock together. But yeah. overall, it's a beautiful park. They have some of the best food I've ever seen at a. What are some highlights of yeah. food items you tried? There was a place um, that I ate at that was right across from their version of the Jungle Cruise. And everything there is Chinese-based, but you're going to get a lot bigger meat por proportions than you are in China. So China, they don't eat a lot of meat and things like that, and Americans do. Mm -hmm. So I ordered some sort of beef bulgogi or something like that over rice, and it ended up being a very, very filling meal, very, very nice. The wait staff is incredible. So like beef, incredible. veggies, and rice, basically? It was beef, veggies, and rice. It was absolutely amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and the staff is, is super nice, and they're willing to do whatever, whatever you want them to do. Honestly... I don't see even that kind of customer service at an American park. I just mm. don't see it. Um, it's something it's about that park. Culture. They are very, very gracious when people are there. That's really um, cool. So I had a really, really good time with the staff. And um, even if you have like some language issues, they'll bring out another staff member and try to work it out together. So they're they're very very accommodating. I thoroughly enjoyed the food there. Um, so did you just have one meal there, or did you have? So I had one meal there, I had an ice cream, and I had a 
basically the equivalent of squid jerky. Whoa. Oh my gosh. So yes. there is a traditional Korean snack that is basically a squid that they flatten out to about like a like a square foot of just straight up squished squid. Yeah. And they perforate it with these little holes and they put it through this roaster so you pull it apart like jerky. Uh-huh. And it just splits right down the middle. And it's really good. I didn't think that I was going to like it. Yeah. But it seriously, it had like a jerky oh texture, but without all like the fishiness of what you would expect like a seafood dish to have. It was actually really, really good. It's a traditional snack in Korea, so they oh knew that there was a lot of Korean people that were going to that park. Yeah. So that's one of their common street foods. So you know, yeah, they, do they have like like snack carts? Kind of like They do have the snack parts. carts. They have little Mickey Mouse ice creams and things Juicy like popcorn. that. But that squid cart had a line wrapped like all the way around this little garden area. Like, it's crazy, crazy how seafood is like those things. It is a, differently in different it is a places. staple of yeah. their Disney cuisine there. Like Texas, like that's just weird. Now something that I really regret is that well, yeah. Something I really regret is that when I was there, the Tony Stark ride wasn't open yet. So they have a ride, it's a single-person ride, where you basically have, to the best of my knowledge, you put on this VR glasses, and you actually fly around as though you are Iron Man. What in the world? And they were building this thing while I was there, and it was releasing like eight weeks later. So if I just moved my trip back a little bit, I could have ridden this super awesome Iron Man ride. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it. It's in Tomorrowland. It's called Iron Man Tech Showcase, presented by Stark Industries. It's basically like Iron Man mixed with Test Track. Yeah. So it's just a fast-moving, single-person ride. Super weird. Okay. Don't really know a whole lot about it, but it looked incredibly interesting, and I really, really wanted to see it. That's wild. Yeah, the only other ride that I that really, like, super stuck with me was the Jungle Cruise ride. Okay. Because it is totally 180 different than ours here. What does that mean? In that it actually has a theme. It actually has a plot going on. Okay. So ours at Disney World, I'm not really sure about Disneyland, but at Disney World... Um, you go around and it's just oh look there's a nice thing oh look we're in like a little snake temple like it's the backside just, of water yeah backside of water yay um, so it's just little things like that but theirs is basically like you are going through the jungle it almost looks like Thailand or Cambodia or something like that uh-huh. and there's this little river god and you upset the river god. And so as you're going through the river ride, you're basically having to escape these flames that come up on either side of the boat because the river god is trying to get Mm. you. And you feel it. It's seriously like these flashes of like 300 degree heat just hit you and everyone's scared and all the little kids are like, oh my God, what's going on? That's insane. So it's really, really awesome. And the animatronics there are 10 times better than we have here. Okay. Um, Their animatronics are leaps and bounds more sophisticated. Seriously, it looks like they take as much care into their animatronics for the River Ride as America does for the Hall of Presidents. Yeah. Like, super, super advanced. Every ride that I saw, even the little monkey inside of Mystic Manor, Hmm. was absolutely insane. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the Jungle Book movie, uh, not Jungle Book, the uh, Jungle Cruise movie, to see if it almost has some of the flavors from there. Did you just drop a bomb? What... What do you mean this Jungle Cruise movie? You didn't know about this? No. Yes, they're coming out with a Jungle Cruise movie. And so I'm wondering if the plot's going to slightly go around the Wait, Hong Kong I don't thing. think I knew that I had either. no idea. Nathan Agnew dropping dropped. Drop movie, Disney movie knowledge right now. A little bit of sneaky right, news in there. Right now. Man. All right, so what other rides did you ride? 
Honestly, the park was super rainy that day, uh-huh. and so I just got to look around and see stuff. They had like their Toy Story world, so I, I rode their vo- version of Toy Story uh, Mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, just normal stuff. Everything there, for the most part, is really normal. There was only one thing in the entire park that I was like, wow, super underwhelming, yeah. and that is their castle. Okay. Their castle is probably the size of like a large suburban house. Like, yeah. it's really not that big. And so, I think, I believe that it's a Snow White, Sleeping Beauty's castle? Okay. It's some eccentric princess. I don't, I don't remember that. Okay. Eccentric? Well, well, yeah, so, like, me and Zara went to Disneyland in November, or, like, last November, and Disneyland's castle was just way smaller than Disney World's. Do you know if, like, Hong Kong's is... So, Hong Kong, they recently announced that their... Castle was underwhelming and kind of dumb, so they're going to knock it down. Really? That's insane. Yes, so they are going to knock down their castle, and they wanted to get something that was basically Disney, but also represents the local culture. It sounds like it's going to be a Chinese forbidden city, big turned up corners kind of oriental castle. That would be insane. And I'm really hoping that that is a almost like an advertisement tie-in to the new live-action Mulan movie. Oh I think my gosh. that would be absolutely insane. Blow my mind. I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm actually planning on when that castle is released. I want to see it the day that they have their big celebration opening for the castle. So just keep, with you. keep tuned for that. So I really want to go see the new castle. So honestly, Hong Kong Disney, I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to because it was rainy that day and some stuff was shut down. But my second go-around, I am going to seriously be at that park all day. Hmm. Well, yeah, so I believe that it's the same size as the Disneyland one. Well, it's lame. But, yeah, they are redoing the... Guess how much the Hong Kong Disney Castle will cost? 30 billion. 30 million, sorry. 1.4 billion dollars. Oh, you are my Lord. 1.4 billion dollars to rebuild you are this castle. Me. So it's going to be insane. Insane. So, how long were the lines for the rides? Like, you said that they tried to jam as many people in. So, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin was the most miserable line I've been in in my entire life. Okay. It was absolutely terrible. I was in that line for probably 90 minutes, and that's not a fun 90 minutes. Yeah. That's a bad 90 minutes, because you are stomach to stomach with other people the entire time. Huh. Um, Because Hong Kong doesn't have the culture of, please leave me personal space. They are, let's pack as many people into the sardine can as we possibly can. So, it's not comfortable sometimes. No, so sometimes when they see that you're a Westerner and that you're being awkward, they're going to give you some room. But if you don't kind of, like, nudge people, they're going to get right up on you. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, so be in for a little bit of a culture shock when you go. That's weird. Um, the city in general is a little bit of a culture shock for anyone that's not exposed to that. So kind of since culture. it was raining, were like the rides were any rides closed or we just sat under a tent for a long time because when it rains there it rains. Yeah. Hmm. And it rains pretty frequently and it's like typhoon kind of stuff going on sometimes. So we just kind of chilled out. Also, like, the week before was an actual legit typhoon or something that came through. Dude, look at this BB-8 snack cart. It's oh, literally a, a snack cart shaped like BB-8. That, right, sounds that is pretty cool. So did you ride Space Mountain? 
oh, I did ride the Space Mountain there. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. It, the line area was really, really cool. And I believe that there was some extra stuff in it. I'm trying to think back because it was, it was a number of summers ago. I believe that they had, like, extra stars and, like, it was a little bit more spacey than our Space Mountain. Because yeah. on ours, they have, like, little lights down the tracks and things like that. But it's nothing, like, super spacey. Like it There's just, this called Hyperspace Mountain. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more intense. All the rides there that are American... I think theirs is just called Space Mountain. I think it's called Hyperspace I think it might Mountain. be Hy- Hyperspace Mountain. Okay, well, on the interwebs, that's what it says. But it, hmm. I'm they, looking on the official Disneyland uh, gotcha. Hong Kong yeah, website. Yeah, all of their... They have this ride called, called Big Grizzly Mountain Run. Oh, that's their version of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Okay. Because um, they have a Grizzly Rapids at Disneyland, California Adventure. So that's I honestly couldn't tell you about that one. I don't remember that ride even at all. That's fair. That's okay. You didn't go on it. It's fine. Or maybe he did, but he just doesn't remember. I just don't remember it. It sure. was probably just underwhelming. I'm actually quite impressed with how much detail and retention you have from this trip. But, that's true. But that's why Nathan Agnew is a savant of all things. All right, dude. Oh, you're right. The Grizzly Mountain, it's a runaway mine cars. So yeah. it is like... Big Thunder Mountain, basically. All right, well, now it's time to transition to Star Wars. All right, this is my favorite topic. Oh, boy, here Uh, we go. All right, so, yeah, so not only is Nathan, in all honesty, Nathan is one of the more interesting people I have ever encountered in my life. He he just has a a lot of passions and opinions on a lot of different things. He's currently wearing a Vader t-shirt right now. Um, Makes me sound really lame. So I know (laughs) that he is super pumped. For our Star Wars conversation, it's a cute T-shirt. Um, so the so the Agnew family is we have definitely always been Star Wars fans. Um, during New Year's Eve, we as like growing up, we always had this like movie marathon, and most of these movie marathons revolved around Star Wars. Like we would go to the midnight premierings of Episode One, Two, and Three, like Phantom Menace, whenever those came out. Um, so this is um, so Star Wars is a big part in our DNA. Zara. Um, enjoys them. I do. I, w- I mean, my family, like, I'm a girl, so it's a little different. Like, my mom definitely... Hey, Ray is also a girl, my and mom she and leads this ship. True. Dude, she does. Well, that's, like, the new age. Like, back in the day, you just had Leia, basically. But my mom and my aunt always talk fondly about how they were so excited to go see Star Wars when the first ones were coming out. They loved it, so that's kind if of... If I'm not mistaken, in the first Star Wars movies, there's not even two females that ever talk to each that's other. That's terrible. Really? Yeah, there's no two I'm females so that are. I'm so glad to. times there's, have changed. There's scenes where Leia and Mon Mothma, the leader of the uh, Rebel Alliance, are kind of in mm-hmm. the same room at the same time. Yeah. But in the entire trilogy, I'm pretty sure there's only like eight or nine minutes of female talking time mm-hmm. in the entire trilogy. That's insane, bro. So yeah. the original trilogy had a really bad rap for Not being a slightly, I don't want to use the yeah. word sexist, but almost sexist. Wait, you're saying that slave bikini Leia... <laughs> It probably wasn't socially acceptable, even at that time. It was kind of risque. It's pretty risque, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. But, yeah, we can talk about the women in this new movie, but there's a lot of great female characters. There's a lot of really, really great female characters. So many good ones. for sure. So Definitely some of my favorite characters. This is definitely going to be full of spoilers. So if you have not seen The Last Jedi yet... Don't listen. We are going to ruin this, all right? We We are going to dive deep. Um, we, I, I don't want to just go through the whole plot and see what the movie was all yeah, about. Yeah, but we'll talk about because, our favorite moments. the hope is, like, that you have already seen this. Favorite moments, favorite characters, just favorite 
times in the movie. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Whoa, 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 whoa. So if you have seen this and you've just been waiting to have a podcast or have a place where where people can talk about theories and talk about their uh, opinions, since this is a very divisive movie, as Nathan's journey with this movie will show, um, I just kind of wanted to be able to talk about some different things. So Nathan... We have both seen it twice. Mm-hmm. We have not seen it together. Tell me your feelings, your five-second feelings on it the first time and the second time. First time, I was dumbstruck by how dumb it was. Which, <sighs> yeah. Second time, I went in, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. So, the first time, my first feeling was really jarring. The whole time, I am like a Dyson vacuum trying to absorb as many details as I possibly can. So all of these scenes that are like a little bit awkward felt like they were 20 minutes long because I'm hyper attentive to every single detail being like, oh, this is new canon stuff. Yeah. <sighs> vacuum just trying to suck this all this stuff in. Yeah. Second time, I was finally able to relax a little bit, kind of enjoy the movie for what it was, see the narrative going on, look at everything a little bit more nuanced. It wasn't just like a factual sucking in of all of the information. So I enjoyed it a lot more the second time. I think my first time seeing it, the problem wasn't necessarily the movie. The problem was me. Oh! So... I'm just so proud of you, Nathan. I'm so proud that you have come around. Yes. Because after the first time that Nathan saw this movie, he just was throwing flames at it, and I'm like, nah, all of you Star Wars nerds need to just, like, realize that Ryan Johnson is bringing a new era of Star Wars. No, it's good for people like me. And it's going to be good. Am I hyped up for Ryan Johnson's trilogy? Yes. But do I think that it's going to be a faithful adaption of old Star Wars stuff? Absolutely not. Is not that what your ideal scenario would be? Was oh, absolutely like a, not. Uh, there okay, are good. so many things in the old Star Wars canon that were just straight up terrible. Yeah. Awful. There's 25 years it, worth of Star Wars comics that were absolutely trash. And you have to make trash. it an enjoyable movie for a wide audience. What I finally had to admit to myself, I kind of did this around The Force Awakens time, but especially now, is that Star Wars isn't for me anymore. It's, it's, it's not about older people. It's honestly about the long-term longevity of the franchise. Boom. And the only way that that can happen is if they gear it towards their core demographic, which is 6 to 12-year-old boys. And, honest, and, and girls now. And girls now, yes. So they're having to kind of redo the DNA of the franchise. And that hurts me to say because I've been so invested in this thing for 20 years of my life. But, you know, at the end of the day, Star Wars is not for me. I can have my own nice little head cannon and kind of have my own old EU kind of stuff going on in my head. But at the end of the day, new Star Wars is not for me. But can you still... Enjoy the movies that are going to come I can out? absolutely enjoy it. Okay. I, I thoroughly enjoyed The Force Awakens. That's an unpopular thing. You're not, opinion. like, writing it off. No, not at all. Okay. Um, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed Star Wars' stuff so far with the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, are there things that I wish I could redo or kind of do differently? Of course. Absolutely, I would. Just because I grew up around this stuff, I know this stuff like the back of my hand. Yeah. And I, I felt personally offended when they threw so much of it out. But at the end of the day... It's not about me. All right. That's Nathan's opinions. Me and Zara both loved it. I only saw it one time, so I only I only got one take. But, I yes, I loved it. Like I said, I'm not, like, a Star Wars nerd or anything. I just purely go in, like, knowing basically nothing. I mean, I have seen all the previous movies. Like, I've seen them yeah. all. But it's I'm not, like, watching them back again to, like, 
know everyone's name. I don't know people's names. And I'm just like the pure entertainment, like just the pure entertainment factor side of it. Just like, you know, enjoying being entertained by the movie and by the graphics and the special effects and everything like that's sure. what that's what you don't me. have like your own theories going into Correct. it about I who snoke to, is and about no who theories. ray's parents are and None. all of this stuff so whenever you see Zero. the movie you want just enjoy it yes correct so I've, i definitely enjoyed it it was long but i thought that was fine like that didn't matter to me yeah i liked the characters i liked the storyline it kept me interested in it i i mean I all right it. well now let's talk specifics okay let's do it all right what was y'all's favorite moment of the movie? That's going to be really hard because oh, there are so, so many hard. golden moments in that movie. Okay, we'll pick one, and then once all three of us answer, we can do s- some more. Or here, Zara, you, Zara, you yeah, pick you your favorite first. moment. So, oh God, that is so hard. Um, so one of my favorite characters, which we'll get into later, is Laura Dern's character, which I don't know her actual Ooh, name. Uh, Admiral Holdo. 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 Purple um, hair Holdo. Purple hair Holdo. Number one, I loved her purple hair. Duh. You do, you do love purple. Purple's my favorite color. I would love to have her hair. Like, I hope they come out with wigs that look like that for Halloween, <laughs> because that would be my dream. Zara, for um, the last movie for episode nine is going to dress up as Holdo. I would love that. That would be really funny. I loved her dress. It was beautiful. This delicious gray draping with interesting um, collarbone cutouts. <laughs> Delightful. Um, the, the fashion of Star Wars was, characters. I like the fashion of Star Wars characters. Even Snoke's outfit. I turned to Michael. He was very glamorous. And I said, look at that like sequin bead. It looked like his entire like robe was beaded. Yeah. And I love that Star Wars... I mean, I guess this is just, like, what they're envisioning for the future or whatever. Or a galaxy far, far away. Sorry. Maybe it was a long time ago. I don't know. I'm all confused. Anyway, <laughs> his robe. Like, how they all how all the men wear robes. Like, yeah. it's kind of, like, Eastern, Middle Eastern mm-hmm. slash Asian type tiebacks. I don't really know. But sure. I think yeah. I would love to know more. There are no skinny jeans. That's, yeah. That, no, I would love to saying. know more about where their ideas came for for the costuming and, and all the that. The original because... costuming was based a lot in like Japanese culture. Okay. Um, George Lucas really, really liked Japanese storytelling uh-huh. in that... Well, yeah, you have your Obi belts, you have mm-hmm. your, like, crossover garb, you have kind of your Whenever she said Obi belts, I thought she was being Obi-Wan belts. But I think that's I true. It's like a Japanese... Belto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. So, anyway, back to my favorite moment. Um, I really liked when um, Holdo sacrificed herself for to save everyone else. Oh, all right. Nate, what was uh, your favorite? I would have to say that my favorite... So many golden moments in the movie. Um, sure. Well, to say one of them. I would say that the Kylo Ren uh, and Rey fight Yo. against the Praetorian oh, Guards. So, good. so dope. That was absolutely amazing. I liked the idea that the whole movie was about balance. And in that movie, it's the light and the dark fighting back to back against this greater threat. And I yeah. absolutely loved the image in that. I thought that that was like a really good image for where they were wanting the, the movie to go, mm-hmm. as well as linking into their narrative mm-hmm. of not only let old things die, but also this idea of balance. So yeah. I thought it was a beautifully made moment. Round of applause for Ryan Johnson for that scene. Yeah. That's great. And, and I love, well, yeah, I think that as a lightsaber duel moment. It was top. 
two, probably. Yes, yes, at least. It's pretty epic. Um, which I, I, I loved in Attack of the Clones whenever Yoda was, like, doing all, like, spinning, like, Yoda stuff. Against his Count founding, Dooku, yeah. Being, like, fighting Count Dooku. But that was, like, dumb. Like, the... Be, this was this was like real lightsaber. The end all be all quintessential best lightsaber fight. Period, unarguable is in Star Wars Episode One. It is the Obi Wan versus yes, uh, Darth Maul. versus Darth Maul. Yeah, there's there's no way around it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you like the prequel series or not. That is the quintessential lightsaber fight. Sure. Yeah. So I absolutely love the idea of them fighting, and then they literally catch the red drape on fire. Yeah. And so then as this red drape is catching on fire, you see the space that is on the outside. And mm-hmm. it really goes into their motif of, I'm going to say this again, of let old things die. But it's also a fire kind of representing we are the spark that will light, mm-hmm. we are the spark that will light the rebellion that will Which burn the first order down. Yeah. So they have these kind of running motifs in the movie. And one of them is balance. One of them is let old things die. And yeah. the other one is the, the motif of fire or mm-hmm. spark. And so then we end up seeing things like Rose's little necklace being used to literally make a spark that would open the door. It's like ah. just little things like that. The, uh-uh. There are these running string together motifs throughout the entire movie. So for that reason, I thought it was a really just gorgeously crafted movie. I thought that some of the scenes were clumsy, but a scene like that in that fight in that room with those colors just the whole idea that was absolutely gorgeous and let's be honest whenever ray throws kylo the lightsaber and he stabs the guy through the eye that was the most baller like moment that that was awesome what's one of your favorite moments i have to say yeah so my obviously the lightsaber duel was my favorite my second is the general holdo kamikaze hyperspace explosion was beautiful. Just ripped open. Um, what what the 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 supremacy? That's what he calls it. Yeah. So the she, part where like the whole movie theater was silent. Yes. And was like that was like oh my god that just happened because she li- cause it was just so if beautiful. you remember seeing in uh, Force Awakens that's the first time that we see the scale of a person next to one of those big star destroyers because okay, Ray yeah. she's going by on her little speeder and you see how big this thing is yeah and then they go into um, in uh, General Hux's ship is basically like a mega star destroyer and his is even bigger than one of those. And then the supremacy comes up, which is um, which is Snoke's thing. Yeah. It's that big triangle, just honking, like, Independence Day-looking thing, and just, poof, appears there. And you're like, oh, my God, what is this thing? And then that little tiny ship going at light speed can just rip the entire fleet in half. Yeah, yeah. Mind blown. Mind blown. Um, I think that... Yeah, sure. If we wanted to get like all like logical, like why don't ships do that like more often? Yada yada yada. But that for the narrative, but, but it's for art. the narrative. In that moment, it was beautiful, and I loved it. All right. Um, are there any other scenes that you're just like dying to talk about, or uh... the whole scene where Luke? basically said that he wasn't going to go up against the First Order with just him and a lightsaber, but then his final scene is literally him against an army with yeah. just a lightsaber. Yeah. So it's kind of Luke showing that all things are possible kind of thing. So I absolutely love wait, that. Wait, wait, yeah, sorry. So that is true. The last planet of Crate where 
the red planet with like the salt on top. That was, in my opinion, the most beautiful setting of a Star oh, Wars yeah. land I have ever seen. Oh yeah, and I just loved how like Ryan Johnson was able to make that just look so appealing. So it was very. Cool. Also, shout out to Kathleen Kennedy. She did. She's kind of the leader of LucasArts right now, and she's been really big into that project as well. So Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Like Ooh. her a lot. Any any like imaginations that went into creating that? Good job. Because mm-hmm. that yeah, I agree. That was amen. Scenically. Beautiful. All right, so what was your least favorite moment? Anything on the casino planet. Such an underutilized <laughs> entire freaking part of the movie. It was terrible. It was trash. All right, but it was beautiful, though. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It wasn't. How was it not? It's too close to Earth. As soon as we walked into the casino, I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Seriously, in my mind, I literally said, you've got to be freaking kidding me. It was too close to Earth. Hmm. You the mean like, it just like resembled Earth? It resembles too, Earth too, too, much. too closely. The whole thing about Star Wars is that it's supposedly in like futuristic kind of stuff, but it's also at the same time really used. And you look at it, you're like, wow, that's like old, but it's futuristic. And huh. like all these little alien species and things like that. Yeah. They walk into the casino, and 95% of the creatures in that casino are human. Yeah. And then they're also wearing these beautiful tuxedos. Mm-hmm. They're wearing little lapels on their tuxedos. And this guy, the, the, the actual code breaker, has this beautiful combed over 1920s Dapper Dan kind of, um, kind of haircut. Yeah. And it looks too much like Earth. It's the, basically the equivalent of Dax's Diner from Star Wars Episode Two. They walk in. It's literally a 50s diner in the middle of Coruscant. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but it was it was terrible. It removes the people from the Star Wars universe. The whole beautiful thing about George Lucas's original creation is that when they walked into the cantina, the cantina was a recognizable symbol that we knew what it was, uh-huh. but it was done in in a extraterrestrial, just beautifully artistic way. When you walk into the casino, it's not extraterrestrial. It's not artistic. There were definitely other creatures. I, f- I feel like it's Ocean's Eleven. We just walked into the Bellagio. Okay. <laughs> Like where's Danny Ocean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've I did not think of it like that. I might need to read. I might need to take down my love for the casino by like eight percent. It it. But also, also, now I did love. Yeah, so there was that like drunk creature who tried putting gold like into BB. I thought that was funny. He reminded me of the Niffler from the Harry Potter. Which ones are those? The Niffler is the little guy, little badger-looking character. Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sticking it in his pockets. So, so I see. Like I thought that the casino showed a pretty good amount of other creatures, which is what I like about Star Wars. Is the whereas like whereas like Rogue One was a war movie that yes. involved humans mm-hmm. and maybe a few tiny. Like ancillary like creatures, so I did like the so they the last really Jedi tried. where they added so, so many, many creatures. other creatures. This was almost like the magical beasts, like with all their their introduction of like little creatures. Which so this kind of goes into a tradition of bar like situations. So in the original trilogy, you yeah. have them going into Jabba's palace, or you have them going into. Um, you have them going into the Moss Eisley Cantina in Force Awakens. You have them going into Maz's Cantina. This was basically yeah. them going to what they would, what we could refer to as the Hive of Scum and Villainy. Uh-huh. Except for their Hive of Scum and Villainy was totally different than what we've seen before. We see the Hive of Scum and Villainy being 
uh, rinky-dink bar on yeah. the edge Dirty of people, on the edge of the galaxy. But this is traitors. Yeah, this is the hive of scum and villainy, and it was the nicest place that any of these people had ever seen. So for that reason, I applaud the scene because it was literally just a flipping of everything that we know to be Star Wars. Yeah. So this whole movie is basically like Star Wars but for the new generation. So they're taking this classic idea of a classic setting that every Star Wars movie has one of these scenes, yeah. and you flip it, and it's totally different it's than what we thought. not usual. But that whole situation was ill-utilized, in that there are so many different ways to tie them back into previous movies. I, because I'm on the younger end of the Star Wars-loving spectrum... I absolutely love Star Wars Episode One. I crap on Star Wars Episode One all the time, but that was Yo, my Phantom first Menace, movie. Sure, yeah, was, me too. Yeah, it was a. I a, think anyone in their twenties loves Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least they should if they haven't been wrapped up in this whole anti prequels crap. So I loved it, and honestly, the pod races were very, very cool for me. When I saw the pod races yeah. going on, I thought, "Oh my god, this is the coolest thing in the entire world." The whole thing is that Anakin Skywalker was a little boy. He was in slavery. He was forced to do these pod races. He was building up this thing, and that's what he did. I would have loved to, on the casino planet, instead of having fox horses or whatever you want to call them, I would have loved to see a full-on kid-slave pod race. Yo, that would have been dope. And basically, if they had like tied it back, because the whole thing is that they're in the they're in the bar, and there's that kind of shadowed glass, and then you see the big horse run by, and the whole room is shaking because of these horses that are running by. You're thinking, oh my god, what is that? In that moment, I wanted it to be a pod race going on outside. And if they had tied in the idea that these kids are slaves, that they're not very taken, yeah. not very well taken care yeah. of, instead of sleeping in the stables, they're sleeping in the garage next to their pod racers, yeah. next to their pod racers. That would have been amazing. And then instead of uh, Rose and Finn breaking out and stealing a horse and doing that, they literally have a full on, like, pod a, illegal scene. pod race down the beach. As they're in a pod racer and the people are chasing them in the flying police vehicles. Nathan, I, I, I have never thought of that. So that was great. That would have been a glorious scene to yeah. tie in something from two trilogies ago. Yeah, and they just didn't even mention it at all. Yeah, and that was such an underutilized moment. Yeah, um, so many things in that movie were good, but it's like, it was Star Wars that was made by non-Star Wars fans. Sure. The the beautiful thing about Star Trek is that Trek was made, or the new, new series was, was made by people that appreciated the original series. Yeah. In S- Disney's case, I don't feel like Disney loved Star Wars. I feel like you're angry. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, They didn't call you and right. consult you. All right, yeah, we, here, we will come back to, okay, okay, okay. we will come back to this, because we need some Star Wars lovers to uh, speak up for a second. Although, okay. the pod racing thing was very interesting to me. I did love the casino. What and, was your and, favorite moment? And the beautiful moment. What you said about it kind of being like Fantastical Beasts was also interesting, 
because I feel like that's very true. Where, very true. Where it did have that sort of... where They kept introducing little characters. Yeah, yeah. And so it did kind of have like that sort of vibe to me. By far, my least favorite scene was Stupid Flying Zombie Leia, where she... Oh, uh, the, where where obviously you guys are such haters. It was it was dumb, but it wasn't as bad as people want to say. That well, yeah. So, but yes, yeah, so it was interesting because obviously we know going into the movie, Carrie Fisher has passed away, yes. and and so from the very beginning, you are wondering how are they going to address this? And so we saw in the trailer that there was Kylo about to push a button that might blow up his mom, and then it happens like in the movie. And you're like, oh, it's about to happen. And then the other TIE fighter comes and does it. And I'm like, oh, wow. So Carrie Fisher does die. And then there's like where she's like diamondy and all crystally. And I'm like, okay, beautiful moment. And then she starts twitching and wakes up and force, uh, force pulls her way back. And then she doesn't. And then basically the movie ends and she's still Not al- dead. And she's still alive so it would have been a beautiful moment to send her off if it wasn't so early in the movie yeah if that was a scene that occurred near the end of the movie then absolutely they should have done it and they could have done it yeah but what would have been worse than flying leia is taking a woman that is beloved and is no longer here and filmed probably the one of the best performances of her entire life yeah and cutting all of her scenes out because you wanted to kill her in that moment yeah mm-hmm. So yeah. the she best had good scenes after that. the best thing they could have done in her death is give her every single scene they could possibly squeeze out of that movie. Yeah, and they did, and that put them in an awkward position because she that scene was probably planned well before they ever knew that she was sick or yeah. anything was going on with her. Yeah. Um. So she showed signs of being sick for a little while before she died. But it wasn't anything that they were, like, super serious about. And so they weren't planning on Carrie Fisher dying. Yeah. So when they made that scene, they weren't planning on pissing anyone off. But So it was kind of just like a accidental, just weird moment that, that we f- think is weird, but when they were making the movie, didn't think was weird yeah. at all. Um, everyone says that Carrie Fisher can't be in episode nine. We don't know that. I know. We don't even 1% know that. Yeah. Someone's saying that that she needs to die off in this movie because Carrie Fisher's gone, but there were so many scenes that they took out of Force Awakens and this movie with her in it. Yeah. They could literally recreate her for half a movie and put her in episode nine, string some of her scenes together, then blow up another planet that she's on, and there you go. Never address the fact that she died. You have a little funeral, but you never see her body or anything like that. Yeah. That's so, very fair. Which I think, yeah, so what we were, were uh, talking about how for little girls, Ray is such a pivotal thing. It's interesting because in the first trilogy, you think that Luke is like the main Skywalker yeah. where things are going, where like the future goes off to. And then all, all, all of a sudden, Kylo is from Leia. And so now Leia actually becomes the sky. It's like from like her blood or it's from, from like her DNA that Kylo is so important. So while Luke has now disappeared and become one with the Force, and never had any Leia is the of. one that is still around that is still part of this big sequence with like, will Kylo ever become good or anything like that? So it like, so she becomes this pivotal person and now Carrie Fisher isn't alive to fully blossom that. That's a very, very good point. But the whole thing is that 
while Kylo and Rey might not be blood related, and it seems weird because we don't have a proper Skywalker. Don't worry, that, in this movie that, that is a question coming up later. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Then, do you want, no, Let's go back to, to the questions. questions. All right. I feel sorry. Like we're getting. I know. Uh, okay. We will from here on out just stick with our questions. Okay. All right, Zara. What was your least favorite moment of the movie? Any moment that just like I think your dad brought this up. How was it? Yeah, Poe kept going against Holdo, and like they were saying, like anybody else, they would have like put in the brig. Or, He's just like, a jerk. Got in trouble, and like he just kept getting away with it because it's like, oh, it's just Poe. He's breaking the rules, but I still love that guy. Like it was just kind of annoying how they kept prolonging like. The light just jumping. Some good old it just good potion I felt like all of those, like, let's conserve our fuel, mm-hmm. let's conserve our fuel some more, like, just kept yeah. dry. Like, that kind of dried out the movie a little bit, I guess. It did. Um, Poe po- po is just a jerk through a jerk. the whole movie. Um, honestly, they should absolutely lock Poe up. He's a jerk. They just let him do whatever he wants. Poe is that guy in high school who all of the teachers love because he has potential and he's charismatic but he always gets in trouble, and he doesn't go to ISS whenever he deserves to. He just gets to hang out in like the cool English teacher's room because she loves him, and they keep giving her second. They keep giving him second chances. Holdo didn't love him. Only Leia loved him. No, well, Holdo kept cutting me cut, like kept cutting, cutting him slack. Well, yeah, so like yeah, so like Holdo at he the end. He was very insubordinate. She goes, "Hey, yeah, I like him. He has lots of spirit, or or whatever." So yeah, that's very fair. I guess you're right. All right, so. Who is y'all's MVP, most valuable player of the movie? Do you want to go? Sure, I will go. Um, I think Kylo Ren. I Ad- agree. Okay. Adam okay. Driver. As a villain, all right. I don't, all right. In Force Awakens, everyone made fun of Kylo because he was like emo Kylo Ren who kept like destroying stuff, all right? But at the same time, I think as a character, you didn't necessarily see... So Darth Vader, as, like, a villain, was intense, and he could do, like, the Force grip, and he was just th- this, like, mean guy. But there wasn't, like, a lot of character development. There was no depth. Yes. He was sure. very flat. Depth, yes, exactly. Whereas Kylo, there is so much depth where, like, you are watching this, and, like, I want Kylo to be good. Mm-hmm. and But at the same time, he is... A, he's still, like, a bad dude, and I know that, especially in, like, this last movie... He's going to become like this, like big monster guy, and so I think that he's probably my favorite villain character-wise. Well, for sure, because all of the other guys always die. Hence, mm-hmm. Snoke. All right. So for for me, Adam Driver as which I love that he didn't have his mask on and they did that whole thing because Adam Driver just as like an actor is fantastic, and um, so that was my MVP. Um, I'm gonna have Ray be my MVP because she did a lot of like self-discovery during this movie a lot of like training to be one with the force like by the end like at the beginning she was just kind of like a lost girl not really knowing you know what was inside of her but then by the end she like is a force to be reckoned with like haha um she you know discovers like her true potential and her powers and i liked that storyline Mine was Luke Skywalker. Ooh. Absolutely. Ooh. I All almost said that. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Mark Hamill had some issues with how Luke was portrayed, but I absolutely loved it because uh-huh. it made it made Luke human. 
So he has a lot of depth to his character now. Um, he was really, really flat and all-powerful and all those things, and this time we get to see him be incredibly vulnerable, which is something we haven't seen Luke Skywalker do before. It's almost like Luke Skywalker was uh, physically impervious as well as emotionally impervious. They just and stripped away everything Now else. it's everything was stripped away from him. He mm-hmm. even blocked himself from the Force. Yeah. And that's kind of a big deal that we see Luke at such a horrible moment for him where everything's been taken away you know he doesn't have anyone guiding him anymore his uh um you know he's heard all these prophecies and he's done all this studying and he's been talked a good game by by obi-wan and by yoda and then it's almost like luke has a second redemption arc so during the first trilogy we see luke go from little farm boy to tip-top jedi and then over the over the time we get to see the downfall of Luke and then now we finally get to see the redemption of Luke again right before his death. Yeah. And that kind of shows the importance of what Luke is and Luke also kind of represents almost like the old Star Wars movies itself that these were big and they were really at the top of the game and they were the biggest movies in the world but now they're just kind of the helping hand that is Pushing this and new series on. And then they disappeared for, eight, for, for 18 years. Exactly. And there were uh, the desperate times. And then now they're just kind of this guiding, helping hand pushing them into the Yo, future. That, so that was next level. So Luke is kind of representative of all of these different beautiful ideas that, as I've said in the, sh- in, in the segment just a few minutes ago, Star Wars isn't for me anymore. Yeah. And Luke kind of embodies that idea that the Force isn't for you anymore. The Jedi aren't for you anymore. It's this new thing. So they took this, you know, this big beautiful tree with these old books in it and then they literally let old things die. Yeah. And now these books are gone. Yoda or the, these books are with Rey and the because, tree yes, is gone. Because yes, that was a definite um not spoiler. Easter egg? Easter egg, yes. Yes. So for those of you who are who are who are, are listening, the second time that I saw this movie, I saw it and I mentioned it to Zara in the theater, and I don't even think that you like comprehended like what I was Probably talking uh, about. But um, whenever Yoda brings the lightning down to bring fire to the old tree and it had mm-hmm. like those mm-hmm. Jedi textbooks inside of that tree, you you think that um, or they burn up. They, or Luke thinks that yes. everything's lost. But at the very end, whenever Ray and like the twelve people who are the rest of the rebellion are in the are in the Millennium Falcon flying away, they open up this drawer to like get like a blanket or yeah. like, oh, or, I think I missed or, that for sure. Or um, something. And in that drawer, it takes one second. You see the textbooks. He moves, Finn moves the textbooks a little bit to get to the blanket. Yes, and so you realize that Ray had. Ray had Ray had left that island, and then Luke goes to burn it up. So whenever she left, she took the textbooks with her, and Luke didn't know that. So she still has the textbooks, so she can learn and Yoda, how to craft a lightsaber and do all of these different things that are probably in the books. But Yoda even tells Luke that she has the books, but Luke just doesn't comprehend what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Yoda says she already has with her everything that she needs. Oh. And then he yeah. burns down the tree. Ah. 
And it's that moment that he burns down the tree that Luke is like, what is going on? But it shows that even Luke in all of his all-powerfulness is still a flawed character. That yeah. he's supposed to be this tip-top Jedi, but even in he's all of that wisdom, yeah. the Jedi, this order that is embodied basically by Yoda, he is the embodiment of this old order, yeah. that it is so much bigger than what Luke thought it was. Yeah. And so in that last moment, even when Luke is this wise teacher... He's still wrong. Yeah. And that's what's so big about this is it shows it, it 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 makes Luke a human and it shows that the force and that the Jedi Order is so much bigger than anything that we've ever realized. Okay, next question. Nathan, that was great. All right, so who is the LVP, least valuable player, <gasps> dumbest character to you in the movie? Oh my gosh. Nathan, I'm sure that you have an answer. So Holdo. Oh, rip to Zara's heart right now. I thought it was a strange casting choice. Yeah. I thought that she was really weird. Why not, when people are dying all around you, when literally there's a mutiny going on, and you know there's a mutiny going on, why don't you just tell someone what you're doing? Yeah. So, all of this happened. And she's trying to like, be all secretive. All of this happened because she was so secretive. Yeah. If she told Poe the plan, even if Poe is a jerk, and I do think he's a jerk. Yeah. Even if he is, tell everyone your plan. He wasn't privileged to They're putting it. their lives on the line. They need to know what's going on. She had her, her own agenda, and it did work out okay. It yeah. worked out okay in the end, but at the same time... The rebellion's now down to enough people that can just fit in the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon flying out in space at the end of the movie is the resistance. Boom. All right, y'all can y'all can battle this later. Zara, do, do you have an answer for your least valuable player? Yes. Um, the the second best code breaker that they're forced to... Oh, DJ. DJ was awesome. I love DJ. Benicio See? Del Toro. You hate... Who I love, and I hate who you love. So this just shows how opposite. DJ is going to come back. We're going to see DJ. Well, yeah. Well, he, he is. His part in this movie. Why did you hate him? So, so just, he was just dumb. Yeah. In this movie, I I just didn't see the point of him. I, I think he's a Lando character. I, I think he's going to come back. I well, do wish. I'm not looking forward his, to that. His his weird stutter snake thing that he did. Yeah. I was which just, as an he actor, just wasn't a likable character Del, for me. Del Toro. That's like. You know, he's like, I don't, see, I don't know who like, that is. He's, he's like a very, he's like a great actor, and he puts, he just likes putting like different like tweaks and, I don't and, think I've seen any movie these days. And like quirks on like different things, so it doesn't surprise me. Like, I'm sure that Ryan Johnson didn't write him to talk like that. Mm-hmm. For me, just see, I don't to. think I've seen any movie that he's been in. Like, I don't even know who that is, whereas Laura Dern, yeah. for me, yeah. just like, I love her. Like, Big Little Lies, she's Fault in Our Stars, like, so many great... Oh, she's Fault in Our Stars, So many, she? she played Shailene Woodley's mom. Mm-hmm. I just recently watched that in Fault in Our Stars, whereas in um, Big Little Lies, she played one of her peers, another mom, which Ooh. was very interesting. Anyway, so... All right, I've got... That's why we have differing opinions. I have one small one and, and then one big one. Okay. Go ahead. Captain Phasma. I do not oh, understand. Yeah. I, I do not understand was, the uh, hype behind Captain Phasma. Whenever... So we, we, we used to play uh, Disney Infinity, mm-hmm. and Captain Phasma was like, was like a character that you could use. So, so like, whenever Force Awakens came out, they made it seem like Captain Phasma was going to be 
Um, well, and she does an all the character. press tour and stuff. Like, yeah. she's, like, a huge character, too. And then she, like, was barely in it. And so I just... So it's not even so much, like, the movie. If it was just the movie and I didn't hear any hype or fan theories behind it, then it wouldn't be an issue. But going into it, I just thought that she would be more... Um, she had, like, a... My favorite scene. character in Force Awakens was Finn. And I love John Boyega just as, like, an actor. He was a little I think he's hilarious. And I just loved it. And in this movie... They he, didn't do him justice. It's like they... So, in Force Awakens, I thought that John Boyega was, like, the Han Solo role. Mm-hmm. I thought that that's who he was going to be. And now they've kind of given that to Poe. Yeah. And now Finn is just, like, this comic book character who does silly things and says silly things. And he's with Rose. Um, so, I, I love John Boyega. I like him more than Poe. And I'm hoping that... In the last movie, he is elevated above Poe, but in this movie, Poe was elevated above him, and mm-hmm. I thought that he didn't reach mm-hmm. um, the full potential that he should have. Hmm. I, I agree with that, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go to some more fun stuff, okay. and then if we need to argue more important things, we can do that. All right. What couple, speaking about Poe and Finn, what couple do you want to see more? Chewie and Porg. Oh man, that one was already dead. He, it was beautiful. He are he already wrote he already roasted. Don't worry, we will get to Porgs in just a second. All right, so Ray and Poe, Ray and Kylo Ren, Ray and Finn, or other. Other being there is this weird Finn section of the internet that wants Poe and Finn together. Ew! I, I, I know the three of us can just say no to that like right oh, away. Oh, God. All right. Or are you really into Finn and, and Rose? Are you into, um, yeah, so which one? Or are you like, no, I want no romantic relationships at all? I would be okay with Finn and Poe if it made sense. Oh, God. But... <laughs> It just Why doesn't make, make sense. sense. It no. doesn't. It doesn't. Let's not even go there. That's not good. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. The one that I'm really wanting is Finn and Rose. Okay. I think Finn and Rose would be awesome. But my only issue with that is it doesn't look like the kiss that they had was wanted by Finn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like Finn was uncomfortable in the situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, but at the end of the day... I think that Rose was stinking adorable. Yeah. And she needs her moment to shine. She really, really does. I think that she she would have been my second MVP character. Yeah, can we movie. have, like, breakout, like, best breakout character? She, would, yeah, she was my like the favorite best, best breakout I character. I think the internet, like, loves that actress, is from mm-hmm. what I've, yeah. like, read. Like, she, like, I saw a little bit of, like, her Instagram, like, her with, like, with from the Disney Instagram, like, her on the red carpet and stuff, and she's just, like, the cutest. She's like, adorable. I think this is, like, her first, like, big movie. And she's, well, like, the, and she's like, the newcomer to the cast. Well, yeah, so, so she is, like, a Star Wars, like, fan. Like, she's, like, she's the, like I mean, like, she is, like, the John audience mem- and member, Ridley like, last, in the movie. Yeah. She's just, like, the, like, ordinary person. Yeah. Because whenever you first see them, and he's, like, at the, like, escape pods, and, and she tases him, you think that that's, like, the extent of her little thing. And then she, like, goes on throughout the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. I like them together because they're both... Stinking awkward. They're yeah. just weird. When you look at Finn, Finn the whole time is just awkward. Mm-hmm. And his whole like 
Solo, what, 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 what are we doing here? And the whole first movie is like talking about Solo this, Solo is I'm from the Rebellion and all this yeah. stuff. So he's just weird. And then we get in this one and Rose kind of has that same kind of cutesy awkwardness to her. And I think they're perfect for each other. Um, also, just everyone likes a little chubby cheek girl. Like, she's, she's so just cute. adorable. Yeah. So I love her a lot. I totally support that. Um, I don't want Kylo Ren and Rey to have a relationship. That wasn't I the think... question. No. Wait. Well, let me answer. Okay, okay, okay. Because I do want Kylo okay, and, you and go. Rey to happen. Okay. And uh, the, I think if we are doing new things... Them combining would be awesome. I don't think now that that's going to happen. Yeah. For how the movie ended, but let's not get into how we want the, the movie to have ended, or that could take another 30, 30 minutes. But I think that going throughout the whole movie, both Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver are just like great actors mm-hmm. in general. And I think that there is more humanity to Kylo than other Star Wars villains in the past and so that would and so um what do you mean by humanity go off on that like like i think that he like i think that he's conflicted way 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 more than like anyone else's i mean like darth maul was just evil mm-hmm. um vader, vader was evil until the very end um count dooku was random um snoke was seemed pretty evil. Just no one pure knows evil. yeah right? The original Star Wars movies were made on really traditional, like, theatrical um, archetypes. Yeah. So all of the characters are really flat. You don't see any major depth or redemption in the characters in the original trilogy. You do see Luke Skywalker doing a little bit, but that's just because it's part of the archetype for traditional hero. Um, In this movie, they kind of get away from archetypes, and they're going for this whole middle ground kind of gray area. Yeah. And so Kylo Ren is a really, really good gray area villain where you want him to win You can't fully hate him. You can't fully hate him. Yeah. In the moment where he reaches his hand out to Rey Mm -hmm. and he says, basically, will you follow me? In that moment, I turned to my girlfriend and I said, yes, I would have said yes. I would have followed him. I would have taken over the galaxy with him. Yeah. Because he's... So cool to be around. So the character development in this movie is a lot different than any other Star Wars movie that I've seen. Yeah. My turn? Yeah. Okay. I want Finn and Rey. I liked their... Classic. Um, I liked their storyline and their relationship in the previous movie. I was hoping to see more of it, but I understand they had to separate them for the storyline to kind of work out in this movie and play out different, you know, different dual stories side by side so they didn't really even get to spend any time like, together like, like no n- time until the last they, the very they last embrace scene at, at the very end whenever ray was levitating rocks so i wanted to see more of that i'm hoping that continues in the future but i hope rose is still around too but maybe she just like a love triangle no oh i think that there will be a, i think a there love could triangle. be now that you said that and that's okay but i hope she finds somebody else or has like her own other breakout moment, or like, I don't know. So the reason that also I said Poe and Anne Ray is because at the very, very end, um, Poe introduces himself to Ray. Like, or sorry, and they were both like, Ray, I've heard a lot about you. Well, or... well yeah. So Ray in- introduces herself to Poe, and Poe's like, Yeah, I know, I have heard about you, mm. and like a, Oh, trust me, I've heard about you. I want 
to be with you type of That's way. That's very interesting. So I'm very interested to see where they take for that. how in this movie they elevated Poe above Finn. Obviously, in Force Awakens, it was Ray and Finn. Now Poe comes. Is Poe going to steal Ray from Poe? And now Poe is going to be like, wait, maybe Rose is the real girl for me. Who knows? For my favorite question, okay, we will end on this question. Okay. Rank your favorite Last Jedi creatures. Hmm. Your favorite creatures from the movie. All right. We will all three at once. Porgs. Thank God. I knew it. Thank we God. We had to. Thank God. They're so cute. They're so cute. Oh my God, I want one so I bad. I love them because they're annoying as heck. We I want did, a Porg so bad. We did not practice that. That was flawless. That was real life. If you do not like the Porgs, I don't know. Get out. Who are you? <laughs> they are adorable. Um, they're silly. They're crazy. I thought it they're was kind of weird. I thought it was really weird and kind of off-taking, kind of gross when they're walking into the Millennium Falcon and there's that one little like panel that's undone and there's a nest of newborn porgs. Yeah. They're so like, cute. They're kind of gross. That's why I liked them because they were just weird. They're so weird. And I just like weird stuff. Yeah, they were weird without it being like uh, like Jar Jar Binks and the just, interactions like, away with from Chewbacca. If it was any more, it would have been Jar Jar Binksy. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. there's moments where like nothing involving the porgs is going on, and then you just hear a porg in the background, and I'm like, just chill, just chill. In yeah. those moments, I'm like, uh, too much porg. I'm gonna yeah. have a porg overload. But the but, really funny scene of of uh, Chewie. E- about, uh, about oh, to eat so the funny. roasted porg, and they're all like screaming that at him. That was the best. That was hysterical. I thought it was good. Um, the scene where Chewie comes in at the end in the Millennium Falcon, and he does his his, his Chewie roar, mm-hmm. and the porg's like, ah! yeah, yeah. That was also very very cute. Um, okay, second best. Second best. Hmm. Someone else go. Snow foxes. Snow foxes. Very. That's good my choice. second favorite because they're so beautiful and so pretty. And they're leaving that that place, so I'm sad I don't get to see more of them. Yeah. But those things were awesome. They'll be forever in my heart. Definitely number two for me, fish nuns. Fish oh, nuns, yes. those were so weird. They were so weird. And the first time that I saw the movie, I hated them. Oh, I loved them. I hated them I don't like the them. first too time. Creepy. And then the second time, I'm like, all right, actually, those are really, really funny. And the scene where Ray is, is practicing her lightsaber and she chops the rock. And the rock comes down and like destroys their little wheelbarrow full full of stuff, and then they like look up at her. Oh man, I I lost it. It was so funny. That was funny. Um. So yeah. So definitely fish nuns number What's two. What's your second favorite? Me. My number two. <gasps> Boob slug. I don't like. How's that, that your one. number two? Boob slug. I don't boob like walrus that one. is the worst. The boob slug walrus was has to be number two. Oh god. Because it was so off putting. That's at like the bottom. Like you watched yeah, I mean, it. And I was like, what the heck is going on exactly. right now? Exactly. That's why I didn't like it. I loved it. I thought that it was a creative creature, but it was weird. We went home talking about it. And I think that was the point. All right. If if it was just that creature, I would not have it number two. But I, it's at the bottom for me. because Because the creepy loop thing where he, like, the fills milk. up. Where he Nasty. fills up his, like, hydro flask with, like, this, like, green protein drink. And then he chugs it. And it was he, blue milk. And he's like, mm. It was not the same as blue milk. Oh, it was blue milk. It yeah. was not. Star Wars boob milk is blue. That's just the rule okay, of thumb. Sure. Sure. All right. Um, 
I also number three. I also like the those fox horses. I didn't like the fox the horses. horses. I yeah. like the fox horse number three. That's for yeah. number three for me. Yeah, number three that would be for me. See, I I thought I would like to see more of them. Yeah, I thought until you did your dang pod racing theory and you ruined my my mm-hmm. view of them. I did like them. They were very much like fantastical beasts, where they were these like fantastical magical creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I was confused on how they were able to like escape so easily. Cause, I would like, like to know more. Yeah, I would like anyway. to know a separate storyline as to what happened to them after they escaped. <laughs> Are they on other planets? Is that the only planet they're on? What kind of magical properties does their blood and or fur contain? Do we do we know more about their history? what they're related to, how, how do you breed them? Like, I'm so intrigued. How, how is there a whole, a sure. whole community Great around questions. these horses that they race? I need to know more. All right, Nate. Are there any other creatures? I Those are know, the only four I don't four know that, if this counts. That, that, that I care about. But I really liked the Imperial BB unit, the little BB Ooh, thing. Yes that, yes, that was funny. So I liked that. I liked that... BB-8 had a little box on his head and made fun of those of the little oh, mouse yeah. robots. I, I did have one more question. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I loved that a lot. I don't know if that counts as a creature more than it is just like a non-human kind of thing. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I like knowing that there's other BB-8 units out there. All right. Man, there, there are so many questions, but we have gone so, so long. We'll do one more. What is your most favorite funny moment of the movie? So, like, this... So like this movie, Ryan Johnson added a ton of like comedy Lots in, of comedy. like into it. I liked the interaction with Poe call at the very beginning, like the first scene, Poe calling the bad guy ship and saying like, "Hello, I can't, I can't hear you." Are it you there? felt very Thor three to me. Well, yeah. I liked yeah. it. It was funny. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like that one, the first time I saw it, caught me off guard. Well, I also laughed, but at the same time, it was like a weird laugh. It so seemed funny. like a like SNL skit. Yeah. Um, I don't care. I liked it. But yeah, no. Like after I saw the I'm whole just movie, pure then, entertainment value. then I thought that it fit, and I also thought that that was pure very pure entertainment. What I liked the blue milk scene. I thought that was kind of funny. Oh yikes. But my I think that was supposed to be funny. I thought it was pretty yeah, funny. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah. Okay. And then I also think that my absolute top favorite, just end all be all. I loved the Yoda scene. I thought that Yoda looked a little funny. Ooh, Him lighting yeah. the place on fire but and just being like, loved <laughs> it when. He blew the tree up, yeah. and then they're basically just sitting next they're to each screwed. other, and they're talking. It was a moment that was funny. It was funny. And it yeah. was nostalgic because they used the classic Yoda style rather than CGI prequel Yoda. And it was also just nice just to see them sit next to each other. Yeah. It's this old Jedi master with this his like apprentice that is beaten down and has a temple of his own, and his life has been ruined. So it's really nice just seeing these things come full circle. Yeah. What was yours? Um... My one tiny favorite moment was whenever there's the scene and it looks like a ship isn't coming, but really it was uh, the iron. Oh mm. gosh! In the first time that you that, that I saw so that, much. I hysterically laughed. Like I like lost it laughing, and I just thought it was hysterical. I actually forgot about that. Um, the second time, like nobody got it. Like yeah. I definitely didn't really see it. Yeah. Catch it, it. Well, yeah. So the second time, I was like anticipating that scene. Like I was so excited yeah. for it. Um, so that was probably the funniest, like, just, like, pure comedy moment. Um, and I also found it ironic and really, really funny how Luke just threw the lightsaber behind him oh, whenever like Ray gave it to him. Because there was just so much buildup 
to the handing off. Like obviously, it was funny, they yeah. they like caught it. They like now the first time I that coupled with the beginning uh, scene like with Poe and awkward dude who I did not like as the bad dude, but we won't get into that. Hux. Um, yeah, Hux. Um, coupled with that, it was very SNL skitty where I thought it was like a parody. Yeah. But um, I thought that that was interesting. All right. Do y'all feel... I feel good. Good about this. I feel good. Oh, we feel so good. We oh, talked oh, about oh. Disney Hong Kong and really nerdy Star Wars talk. We don't really have time for we are anything not else. No marriage moment, no heroes and zeros, but we do want to thank you guys for listening and wish you a Merry Christmas. Yes, exactly. And Nathan, thank you so much for joining us. It's interesting me just listening to you because I'm like, dang it, I wish Nathan was more accessible so I could have more podcasts with him. We could always call him. Uh, I know. We, we could try to we, get him in. We might need to. Uh, we have had... Um, a, a few different guests, but your ability to uh, just get really nerdy, get really in depth on, on things was quite impressive. We so like yes, everybody, we are back in Pearland, back in Houston for a few days for Christmas. So we are we. Are, I'm going to try to pump out a few episodes to end off the year on a right note. I know that it's been like a while. So, but we um, just want to say thank you for listening. Yes, um, it's been a fun venture in 2017, starting off this podcast and. We want to thank everyone for following along and interacting with us and just supporting us. And we look forward to having more episodes in 2018. Yes, we are actually switching podcast hosting sites, which you probably don't even care about. But this new site will allow us to actually do some different and cool things. Um, so I'm just excited for what 2018 has and us hopefully stepping up our game on some areas. So y'all have a great Christmas. All right. And peace. Next time. Bye-bye. Like Tarzan and Jane, girl, you'll be in my heart. I will fight Jafar with all the Robin Hood starts. Beat the Crypt Captain Hook and any evil that embarks. The fading starts to leave his mark. I'll send him to a pit so dark you can't see light. Oh, come here, my Snow White. To have a princess for a wife, yeah, that'd be alright. Chilling up in the castle all day and night. Girl, you're in the middle of my circle of life. So, uh, where, where, where do fish keep their money? In their wallets? Walkets. In the riverbank. Ah!